this is Michelle, your Chief Hope Builder. I'm here today to bring you hope and let you know that you are not alone. If you're a parent of an addicted loved one, join the group. I am too. I am the mom of a recovering addict, um, son and daughter-in-law, and they've been in recovery for almost nine months now. I'm sure they've had a lot of ups and downs, but it's not my business, so I try to mind my own business and pray and hope that they are finding success in their journey. Today, I was reading a book by Louise Hay, Heal Your Body, A through Z, The Mental Causes for Physical Illness and the Way to Overcome Them. And I thought it was um, interesting because she had um, some memes in at, at her webpage too. I looked her up and found out if she was still living or dead. I always research, kind of researched the authors. And she had some really good um, quotes that I wanted to share with you. Um, Louise was one of those who believed that you could heal your body um, with your thoughts and with your higher power. And as we journey on this addiction journey with our loved ones, um, we need to take care of ourselves. And so that's what my podcast is about, is how how do we find self-help? How do we find the self-care that we need? And Louise says, every thought we think is creating our future. Love is the great miracle cure. Loving ourselves works miracles in our lives. The point of power is always in the present moment. So my prayer for you is this, God, please bless each woman, each woman on this call listening to me today. You have brought her here, guided her to show up and listen, filled up. And for that, I'm thankful. I trust you, God, that you will bring her, those who need to hear this today, um, you will put them in this podcast room so they can hear what they need to hear. Some moms are filled with grief and loss, and some just want to cry in fear. They don't know what to do to help their children. So please, I beg you, God, to show them that their lives matter, that the way they respond to their addicted loved ones makes a difference, and help them to learn that piece of recovery that they need to hear in order to heal. Today I'm going to be talking to you about the fourth step in the 12 steps of recovery. And you might say, well, Michelle, I'm not an addict. I'm not an alcoholic. Why are you taking me through these 12 steps? Well, if you didn't hear the first three, my little podcast, I think it was the last one, you can click back and and look through those. I, I kind of went through one steps one, two, and three, and I wanted to move on to four and just devote a few minutes and only this podcast for step four. But the reason I want to go over the steps in, in the 12-step process is because one, we are expecting our loved ones to go through this. And I think it helps us understand where they're at to know what they're going through. But also, I'm not so sure that many of us aren't addicted to helping in the wrong ways. 
And I don't mean to offend you by that. I really don't. I, I'm on this journey too. And so part of me is a growth journey and I want to become a better mom. I want to be able to let go with love and without giving up. But I also want to be able to look at myself and stay healthy. And recently I had some gut, some bad gut symptoms, and I ended up with a CT scan and thought for sure I was dying of colon cancer. And I can laugh about it now, but at the time I was in pain and I didn't understand it. But what happens is if we don't take care of our wellness, we're forced to take care of our illness. And if you're like me, um, we tend to internalize things, right? And so we want things to be smoother than they are. And we want to find joy, but we just don't know where to, how to get that, especially if we're having health issues. Well, my good friend Diane says, our bodies are in dis-ease when we're battling something. And if we don't take care of it, it could lead to disease, disease. And that's what disease is, is when our body is not in ease and in harmony with what is going on in our spiritual world um, or any part of our lives. So step four in the road to recovery is really important for us too, because we need to look at our lives and how we respond to our addicted loved ones. And uh, it's a scary step. It's a really scary step. So I'm going to encourage you to just look into that and share. I'm going to share a little bit about what that step is about. Um, It's where you make a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. You make a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. And when I say fearless, I'm not saying that you're not going to have fear to do this because you will, because you have to be really honest and you have to look inside at your character flaws. Um, And in order to get to the other side of recovering from our moral inventory um, is to face those character flaws in order to overcome the spiritual battles that are going on inside of us. And we have to be honest. So it's not that this isn't going to be scary. It's just that we have to be fearless to do it, right? So the benefits of doing this is that you will grow with your higher power because you will no longer have secrets. Um, When our addicted loved ones work the steps, they're typically in support groups and with a sponsor. And their sponsor will listen. And their sponsor will encourage them to be honest. And their sponsor won't be like, oh, that was horrible. You shouldn't have done that, right? Their their sponsor isn't there to judge them. And we kind of need to have that role too if we're going to treat our addicted loved ones like adults. And so um, I think it's important for us to take a moral inventory of ourselves too. Because if we don't let out those things inside, 
um, they'll kill us, right? We will, we will become diseased in some way. And you're like me, you're on this recovery growth journey. You're here today because you want to grow. You want to be a better person. Maybe you want to have a better relationship with not just your addicted loved one, but everybody in the family. Because what happens is we become so hyper-focused on our addicted child that sometimes we forget. We have other children. We have a spouse. We have other loved ones. And we need to um, look at our memories and events and things that happened um, that we feel guilty about or that we're angry about. Um, I have a certain someone in my life that I can get really angry about. And I went to see a counselor recently and, and I would urge you to do the same because what does anger do? right? What does anger do? It just festers inside us. Is it hurting the person we're angry at? Heck no, doggone it. (laughs) No, it only hurts us. It doesn't hurt them. And so we can't let that happen to ourselves if we're going to guard ourselves against that, right? So we need to um, really sit down and write out all those things that um, we are feeling pretty bad about and be honest and so when I went to my counselor I'm like I I need to overcome this I know that how do I do that and so this person you know is working with me on strategies to how how to overcome that but the first step in overcoming that is you know to admit that we are suffering from that um, and to get it out in the open So I'm going to encourage you to list memories, events, anything that makes you sad, anything you've regretted. Um, Oh gosh, I've said things that I have regretted. I didn't mean them, but I was so desperate to control my son and daughter-in-law's life that I wanted to spew these negative um, things, these hateful things at them. And shake them and and how I thought that that was going to help them recover is beyond me but it must have made me felt good at the time but now I'm sitting here realizing that that was really ineffective and I I don't want to be that person right I don't I don't want to um, continue in that way and so I am all about you know recovering and um, trying to come to grips with um, where where are my flaws where where am I struggling and um, you know how do I where are where's my moral inventory and you might say well I don't want to write this down because what if somebody sees it I get that um, so find a way find a way to to do that that works for you but one of the reasons that um, they say they recommend you write it down um, or tell somebody is you can start seeing patterns and so if a lot of your memories or guilt or shame triggered around um, or if a a lot of your memories are have to do with feeling guilty then you're going to see a pattern and you're going to know where it is that you need to heal most. Um, 
I found a few questions online that might help spur you on this thinking process um, that might help. So what people, places, or things do you resent? And what led you to those resentments? How do how did your behavior contribute to your resentments? So, you know, what did you do um, in that scenario to cause you to resent that? Um, have your resentments affected your your life, your relationship with your other family members, yourself? Um, who or what do you fear, and why? And how do you respond destructively or negatively to your fears? So if you're like most moms of addicted loved ones, we fear that our children are going to die. Oh, gosh. So, you know, I understand that fear, right? Um, But how do you respond destructively or negatively to that fear? Like, how does that cripple you? Um, Who or what do you... Who or what do you feel ashamed or guilty about? What feelings do you have the most trouble allowing yourself to feel? And how do you act it out? How have your fears and resentments affected your friendships, your work, your romantic relationships? And um, what do healthy relationships look like to you? Um... I was facilitating this this week in my PAL group. Um, And if you want to know what PAL is, look it up online um, and maybe find one in your community. They're all around the United States, nationally known company, Parents of Addicted Loved Ones. I highly recommend joining a support group because it really helps. Um, But what do healthy relationships look like? And um, there's plenty of work you can do on that. For me, it's always boundaries that I struggle with and staying in my lane and minding my own business, Um, especially when it's like we need to know that our children are well. So we have to ask, I have to ask a bazillion questions so that I make sure that I can just sleep at night and know that he's at least trying, right? Well, it's really not my job to coach him, right? My job is just to, you know, be a cheerleader. Congratulations. Well done. Yeah, I'm proud of you for this or whatever. But um, it's his journey and he is in control of his own life. I can't be that person. So, So sometime this week, look into the fourth step of recovery in the 12 step process. And Look at your own life. And yes, you're not addicted to alcohol or drugs. But what is it that you are addicted to? Um, How how are you addicted to helping in maybe a destructive way? Or how has your child's addiction kept you locked um, into feeling negative things about yourself? because of the way you react to their problem. And just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And there is hope. And keep reaching that higher power. And um, if this podcast helps you, please 
give me a review or five-star review or whatever. Let um, other people know about the podcast. And if you're interested in doing a deep dive, you can always download my free book at momslettinggo.com. Um, it is available in paperback at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, well, uh, Barnes & Noble ebook, but um, it's available out there. It should be on um, Amazon tomorrow as a paperback, but you can download it for free at momslettinggo.com if this is something you really want to work on. And I pray that you find success in your road to recovery. Next time, I will be here talking about the step number five in recovery. And it's a doozy. It's a doozy. God bless and thank you for spending some time in your day with me.